0: With a temptation to avoid when exercising the gift of giving, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. One of the temptations and hazards that you face is that you try to become very heavy-handed in the church. Well, because you feel like in your giving that you're footing the bill for the things in the church, you may feel that you still need to be in full control of the ministries that you support. As if your giving somehow gives you a position to make all the decisions for the leadership, but you still need in your giving to respect the spiritual leadership that God has established.
1: This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place. Having a sense of entitlement is not the only problem you'll face as you give. There are more, and we'll hear about them today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We've been learning about the gift of giving mentioned in Romans chapter 12. Today we'll consider the traps that we can easily fall into as we exercise this gift. But we begin with our responsibility as stewards with God's resources.
0: Think about it this way. What does the church miss out on? when the world gets all your resources. The world gets to use the resources that have been trusted to the church and then the church struggles or the church goes through issues where we have to wait or we can't do that or we can't help. We don't have the available resources and, and could it be just because there are people in the body of Christ that don't give? It's something that the Lord really dealt with my heart early on as a believer just thinking that the church didn't need me or I don't need to give or I can control that part. And I would always, you know, I have purpose in my heart that I don't want to give. Okay, okay, what else have you purposed in your heart? What else have I purposed in my heart contrary to the word of God? The Bible says you delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart, right? (laughs) If you're delighting yourself in the Lord, he's going to bless that area where you become a vessel. And some of you just have the gift of giving where like in your heart right now, you're saying, preach it, brother, preach it. Giving is such a wonderful thing that God has given to us. Especially from my personal life who, you know, I lived my whole life taking, not giving. That's all I ever did. I would just take and take and take and take advantage of people and hurt people and just satisfy myself. And it was a radical change for my life when I learned how much God had given to me. It melted my heart. I was compelled by love now to give unto him. Flip over to Acts chapter 16. We have one more example and then we'll get into some of the hazards and then I'm going to give you some practical tips on giving. We do have some exciting things coming up as a church that are going to require a faithfulness in our congregation. Some neat, neat stuff that in the next few weeks we'll be able to share with you. Just some awesome steps that God has laid before us. But we recognize that unless God's already providing, then we, don't, we, we want to make sure that he is and, and then lay before you the awesome opportunities that are before us as a church. It's just going to be so cool. To see ministry grow and expand. Think about it this way. I don't remember how long ago it was, but the Lord put on my heart many, many years ago to go and broadcast one of our services live on the radio. We could do it on CD anytime, but we want to do it live. Then it's like interacting. Like they're in here, you know, on tomorrow's second service. if If you guys recall, we're broadcasting this service, second service, live to Denver from 11 to 12. And and you get to interact with them. They get to listen to the announcements. Wherever we are, the baby dedication, wherever we are, the city gets to come in with us. And and that's a chunk of change from the radio station because they have a business and they run it like a business. And so there's a need to transact business with the radio station. They don't do that for free. All the stuff that's on the radio, we pay for as a church, as an outreach. So just in relation to money, I hope you're not uncomfortable talking about this stuff. I kind of am, but you got to hear this from my perspective because it's kind of cool. So we go, on the, we go on live and the radio, and it's a chunk of change, right? And we don't hear anything for months. We don't know if anybody's listening. We don't, we don't know. We don't hear anything until a couple weeks ago when I must have said something just at the end of the service, like, you know, if you want to get saved, call us or something. I don't remember what I said. I still probably... So the phone started ringing downstairs during the service, and there was a couple guys down there, like, the phone's ringing, and they said, well, let's answer it. And so the answer is two people. One got saved that day, and the other was just kind of put back on the right track, kind of rededicated their life that day. And so when you think of it in terms of souls, how many souls are necessary for an investment like that to matter? Is one person getting saved is that enough? I would say so. I'd like to see many more, but just to step out and say, you know what? We took this crazy step. We know what it costs, but we don't care. We're going to do it. We think it's from the Lord. The board agrees. The leadership agrees. Let's do it. And then we do it, and then it's silent. And that's when the enemy starts to start throwing things, right? Oh, what'd you do that for? What a waste of money. What a waste of time. Listen, anything done for the Lord is not wasted just get that right now. It is not wasted. Even if we never got that phone call, we know that God's word does not return void. And we know people are listening to that live broadcast behind prison doors. That's their church service. We know it. We know that people are listening to that live broadcast in convalescent homes. That's their church service. We know that people are sitting around the kitchen table. We know that people are just spinning through the dial and some dumb thing I said, or I just, you know, just whatever it was, like, oh, I wonder what, oh, I wonder what this is all about. And God will use his word. But we happen to live in a society, and you live in the same society, right? That if you walk into a store and you want to take a pair of pants out of that store, somebody's going to ask you for money, right? You just can't walk out. They're going to tackle you. You can't take a pants, you know. They're going to take you back in and they're going to write you up and they might even call the cops on you. You know, in every area of life, we understand that. And we're very wise. Like we go and we know if we're going to go to get a dinner, we're going to exchange money for that food. We know that if we're going to go get clothes, we're going to exchange money for that, those clothes. We know that in life, money has become a tool to conduct business in life. But what is it in believers that think it's different for the church? That I can receive freely from the church doesn't require anything from me. It doesn't require my finances. It doesn't require my talents, my gifts. But you don't live that way in the world. And so those of you that might be struggling that way, I challenge you to seek the Lord and and find out what's the deal in your heart what's happening? Do you know if we wouldn't do this, but other churches, they hire professionals to come in for building campaigns and stuff. They have professional companies come in that actually get a cut of everything that gets raised on top of that just to try to teach people how to give. We don't need no professional company. We just need God's word. <laughs> we don't need anybody to come in to teach us that kind of stuff. We know. We don't need the the things of the world to do that. We just need to obey the Lord. And I pray that we do. Now, I asked you to Acts chapter 16 because in Acts chapter 16, and you know the things I just shared, they're not in my notes, so the Holy Spirit must be speaking to some of you. We were going to fly through into the hazards and and the Lord just wants some of you to hear that. Maybe it's even people tuning in on the internet right now just like, come on, step up, serve the Lord. Verse 14, Acts chapter 16. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple. You know what that means? She was a successful businesswoman. Notice, this woman, seller of purple, from the city of Thyatira, she worshiped God, and the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And she and her household were baptized. She begged us, saying, if you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she constrained us. And many people believe that the church in Philippi began... And was undergirded with the financial giving of this woman here and her friends in business, just giving unto the Lord. People with the gift of giving, you know what they'll teach you? They'll teach you that you can never outgive God ever, never once. And there's examples all over the scriptures. Now some traps. You ready? Number one? If you have the gift of giving, you need to watch out of this trap, and that is, you might try to take ownership of things, because you give. The danger is to think that you, what you have is yours. And it all belongs to you, so you own it, and therefore you take ownership of it. But the truth is, you and I, we are stewards. We own nothing, but we're in charge of everything that God has put under our care. And so as you give, God gives you more. But as you give, the temptation will be that in your giving, you start to take ownership in how and where and what you give, and that's a danger. You want to be careful. Number two, this is in relation to the church. If you have the gift of giving, one of the temptations and hazards that you face is that you try to become very heavy-handed in the church. What does that mean? Well, because you feel like in your giving that you're footing the bill for the things in the church, you may feel that you still need to be in full control of the ministries that you support as if your giving somehow gives you a position to make all the decisions for the leadership. But you still need in your giving to respect the spiritual leadership that God has established. It's not our money, it's God's money. And through his spirit, he prompts you to give through others. Now, although this gift is given both to those with little money or those with a lot, Being materially prosperous doesn't necessarily mean that you're spiritually prosperous. What I mean by that is because God has blown your mind in the world and you're very successful doesn't automatically qualify you for a position of spiritual leadership in a church. A lot of times churches look to the very prosperous to fill the leadership positions, But only God raises up one and puts down another. And so you may be raised up into a position of leadership as God raises you up. But let me say, it has nothing to do with the amount of money you have. You can have a lot of money and be raised up into leadership. You can have nothing and be raised up into leadership. So be careful that you think, well, I have a lot of money and I give a lot, so therefore there's some special privilege that I get. Yeah, the special privilege that you get is you're laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's your special privilege. Be faithful to the Lord. Giving large sums of money to the work of God doesn't necessarily qualify a person for spiritual leadership. Number three, and a person with the gift of giving might be overtaken by pride. Yes, pride is a big danger. It's one to understand and recognize in your own life. Ananias and Sapphira fell into this trap and they paid dearly. How did they pay? With their lives. They wanted to be seen and wanted to be known. And God didn't want anyone to be seen or known but Him. And they lied. They lied about it. So just give unto the Lord and allow your Heavenly Father to bless you and encourage you and to reward you openly as He sees fit. Number four. Another thing, this is really sad. Those of you that have the gift of giving, one of the dangers you need to be watching out for is that you can be taken advantage of. Yes, there are men and women out there. There are pastors. There are churches. There are ministries that love to use your money and take advantage of your giving. And it's sad to use your gift of giving for themselves. They'll use tactics to appeal to your flesh in order to manipulate you and use you. All the while, you're giving sincerely and genuinely from the heart, and some of you don't even recognize that you're being taken advantage of yet. And so you need to be careful of this, and that in your giving, it's not for selfish motives, it's not for pride, but you're just being led by the Lord. You won't be taken advantage of being led by the Lord. Just stay in prayer and trust God to lead and guide you. And knowing that these Bible studies air on the radio and on the internet, to all those pastors and all those leaders and all those ministries that might be tuned in and you know exactly who you are because the Holy Spirit's already convicting you right now, stop taking advantage of God's people. Stop it. We are to feed the flock in leadership, not fleece the flock. And so don't let anyone fleece you, whether you have the gift of giving or not. Don't let anyone take advantage of you, please. The gift of giving is so wonderful. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Not too many hazards with the gift of giving, because it's such a free-flowing, wonderful gift. And it's so often behind the scenes that really some of the hazard just between you and the Lord, and he works it all out. If you don't have the gift of giving, it doesn't mean you don't give. God desires his whole church, every member, to give. To give of our time, to give of our talents to give of our treasures financially, our tithes and offerings to help people practically. So notice this, 1 Corinthians 16, a few tidbits on giving that you can be praying about. Well, let's read verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there may be no collections when I come. Another, by the way, just another little tidbit or insight of another biblical precept that would reflect how we do here. We don't take an offering or a collection. We just, we're kind of like this. So just come, you know, there's boxes around the sanctuary. Use them for your giving and tithes and offerings. That's, there is biblical precedent for not having a collection or not having it. Paul has one right here, it's just so you can see that. And when I come, whoever you approve by your letters, I will send a barrier gift to Jerusalem. They were helping another church. That's cool. We've done that before many times. So neat. But if it's fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now, when I, come, I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. But it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. And so here are some practical precepts on giving. Number one, determine to give no matter what your income is. Determined to give no matter what your income. There's really nowhere in Scripture where God releases us from this vital area of obedience, even when our incomes are challenged. As a matter of fact, that's often the time where you want to really determine to obey God in those areas. Notice verse 1, there was an established practice of giving. Just the I've given orders. The first day of the week let each one lay aside. There was an established order of giving. Giving money to the Lord is not an optional thing for us as Christians, but flows out of our loving hearts. Number two, in giving, notice it's an individual matter. Giving is an individual matter. There in verse two, it says, let each one of you and so giving is a personal matter, and it's good. Listen, parents, it is good to start your kids off giving as soon as they understand what money is. I mean, that could be like a baby in diapers, right? And Recognizing a shiny penny and grabbing it and hiding it in their diaper or wherever they hide stuff, you know? <laughs> like whenever your kids start finding out the value of money in their lives is the time you need to teach them the value of giving unto the Lord. That money just didn't drop out of the sky. God provided it. And so it's good, parents, to start very, very young with your kids. They even made these banks. I don't know if we have them in the store downstairs. We might need to look for them. But they made these little plastic banks for your kids. On one little section, there's three sections to it. There's a, there's a side for God, like a little church there where you're giving unto the Lord. And then there's a middle thing. There's a bank there where you save. And then there's a last one that's, the I don't know what it says, but you could use it however you want. And so there you could just give unto the Lord, and a good pattern, 10% unto the Lord, right off the top, 10% into savings, and then you get to use the rest of the resources, however you desire. We often emphasize the 10%, right? But aren't you amazed? Well, you could look at it, go, "Oh God, why does God want 10%? Well, how about this? Aren't you amazed that he allows you to make decisions for 90%? (laughs) I mean, that's that's an awesome God in our lives. So, Giving is an individual matter, let each one of you. Number three, giving is a private matter. Notice there was no order here for anyone to get in line. As a matter of fact, when Paul gets there, he doesn't wanna deal with it. Just give under the Lord. he doesn't wanna be, he doesn't wanna make it a public spectacle, nothing. Number four, a good tip for you is to plan and predetermine what you will give. To not give haphazardly or impulsively or emotionally But that's what it means to give regularly, that you plan and predetermine. It says on the first day of the week, there was preparation to know that on the first day of the week, we need to give. And our giving shouldn't be sporadic. It shouldn't go unplanned. It should be something we regularly do after we're paid. After we're paid, spirit-led. Number five, notice also in verse two that our giving should be proportionate. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves with giving among one another because there could be that widow that gives the widow's might, right? And she's given everything she has, and then you, you know, we might be giving thousands, and thousands of dollars, but we're giving out of the abundance where there's that someone else giving out of everything that they have. So we don't compare, but we do give proportionate. We should lay aside notice as you prosper. So how did you come into the world? nothing, man, not even clothes. They had to clothe you and me when we came into the world. So everything after birth is how you and I have been prospered. Don't let the world redefine prosperity as all these, you're prosperity. You woke up this morning, you opened your eyes, God gave you life, you were prospered today. And everything else is like icing on the cake, is it not? Because God is desiring us To give Some of the best spiritual advice that I was ever given as a believer was to give to the Lord regularly and immediately. Don't put it off, but just to give regularly, no delay. Like the preacher who went to see a farmer and asked asked the farmer, he said, if you had $200, would you give $100 to the Lord? And the farmer said, sure. Well, if you had two cows, would you give one cow to the Lord? Of course I'd give a cow to the Lord. What if you had two pigs? Would you give one to the Lord? Now that isn't fair, the farmer said. You know I have two pigs. (laughs) I don't know if you've learned it yet. Some of you with the gift of giving haven't, but those, our heart can just really be deceitful. We can talk a good talk, but when it comes down to it, we fail to obey. And the sad thing is, is that we fail to obey and there's no more conviction about it. There's no more inward stirring. And you go, Ed, it's just giving, man, come on. But let me tell you something. If you're comfortable in one area of your life not being convicted by the Holy Spirit, it's only a matter of time before the enemy hooks you with another temptation. And you don't feel the pangs of the Holy Spirit anymore. And you jump in headlong because you've left other areas. See, there are so many other areas in life living for Jesus Christ that are harder than giving. Giving is very easy. It might be a matter of the will that you battle, but the actual act of giving is very easy. The act of obedience and giving of our tithes and offerings, it's simple. But if we fail in these simple little areas, then I'm going to tell you as a pastor, as a fellow buddy, a believer, it's going to affect other areas of your life for sure. It's not maybe for sure. You're going to be able to see other areas of your life where you act the same way. It was George Mueller that said this, God judges what we give, by what we keep. And so those of you with the gift of giving, go for it, man. Bless the church. Bless the Lord. Those of you that don't have the gift of giving, obey. And reset your priorities in such a way where you can run full speed ahead in the things of the Lord in these last days. Don't let the world rip you off. Don't let the world and its system somehow divert you or distract you, but be obedient to the Lord in
1: your giving. And I tell you, it will be a blessing. Indeed it will. How can it not be a blessing, giving unto the Lord? For Jesus said it's even more blessed to give than to receive. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed, for those that sense God's leading to give to this ministry today, there's something we'd like to give back to them in return. Can you tell us about this month's offer that's available for a gift of $25 or more?
0: Larry, we're recommending and offering this month the book entitled Love by Pastor Chuck Smith. It is an essential for every believer's spiritual library. We, We need to be reminded from time to time, Uh, what love is and what love looks like, and how agape love, the very supernatural love of God, needs to be at the forefront of our lives. Not, Not our effort, not us trying to like someone, not us biting our lip and enduring, but rather us surrendering to God, allowing Him to live out His life, abiding in Christ, living out the very fruit of the Spirit. Remember what the Bible said? The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And love has many attributes, and Pastor Chuck Smith lays them out so beautifully and thoroughly in this week's resource. It's entitled Love. I encourage you to pick it up, whether you get it from us and support the ministry or you purchase a copy somewhere else. Pick up a copy, enjoy it, and be encouraged on the
1: topic of love. God bless you. Again, that's Love the More Excellent Way by Pastor Chuck Smith. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more. Here's where to call 877-30-GRACE. Thanks for your support of Abounding Grace. It does make a difference. Your donation today will help us present God's Word over the radio tomorrow. We're consistently receiving wonderful reports from listeners of how God is using the Word to help them grow by God's abounding grace. You're helping to make that possible. We're in the midst of a study in Romans. If you'd like to hear it again, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Then look under Quick Links. We also offer the program by podcast. Another way to listen to Pastor Ed's teachings is through our mobile apps. Do a search for Calvary Aurora, and you'll be able to download both our church app and the Grace FM Colorado app. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but come back next time when we'll resume Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Found in Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.